to Joe Lacob, to Peter Goober, to Coach Kerr, to Bob Myers, to all you great players, the coaches, and the entire Golden State Warriors organization. Congratulations. You are the 2022 NBA champions. Australia. Jesus! Nearly blacked out. She'll be right. Anyway, this is NBA Australia. Hey, gun. You good? This is NBA Australia. It's Friday. TGIF, am I right? Fuck it, Friday, June 17. And the NBA Finals are done! The season is done! And your Golden State Warriors are NBA champions once more. Unbelievable scenes. I am your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes. For whomsoever wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff. I'm here in Larry Yama Studios, surrounded by Sonic's paraphernalia. <laughs> Bit of Lego. What are you going on? Yeah, anyway. Hanging out, giving you the lowdown. All the gear. All the good stuff. So, today's show, we've got the instant rap and reaction show for Game 6 of the NBA Finals. The Warriors clinch... Steph wins finals MVP. We're going to break that down in NBA Australia game wraps. Uh, we've got a juicy slab, but that's not an iPhone, mate. No, mate. Spud of the night, better than Lonzo Ball. We've got a dickhead of the week for you as well. And then the good stuff. A bunch of yenars from listeners. We've got heaps of good shit. I'll tell you that much. Uh, we've got an unpopular opinion of the day. We've got our back take, yes. We were serving up a flame grill take. And that's kind of it. We've got an Andrew Gay's Grey Mumber Award. We'll do a very brief wrap of uh, our pre-series picks and uh, we'll break down the rest of the picks, uh, the pre-season picks and everything uh, in next week, uh, whatever show we do on Monday or whatever. And that'll be it. Seriously, that's it. We'll finish up with the cooking with Bainesy just because we can and it's Friday and fuck it. But bloody hell, the season's done. So I guess we better get into it. Episode 836 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the Shaq attack. Ah, you better. Well, Shaq better watch out for the curry attack, because Steph's now got the same amount of rings as uh, Shaq and LeBron. Hmm. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. You better believe it. We'll talk a bunch about legacy, I reckon, uh, a little bit later in today's show. And we'll break it down a little bit more uh, next week when we can let it sit for a moment. Uh, because right in the heat of it, they've just won the title. This is awesome. It's exciting. And we're not going to take anything away from the Warriors. And what's just happened by talking about, I want you to mean historically. It means settle the fuck down is what it means. <laughs> Just enjoy the moment. If more people fucking did that, I think we'd be all right. Anyway, uh, let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with a daily whip around. Um, no real news beyond Adam Silver not being able to make it to uh, today's game. Still in the health and safety protocols. So uh, they had the assistant commissioner on hand, Mark Tatum. Uh, did a good job. 
He was the only one. He was the only person named Tatum who really showed up today. I thought, but uh, good job by him in the end. Uh, no, Adam Silver. I one hundred percent thought. Oh shit! Well, that means that uh, I think Silver would have been able to make Game Seven to present a trophy. And I'm like, well, we're going seven <laughs> in Adam Silver's NBA. We're going seven. Nah, worries that other plans. So let's get into it. That's literally all the other news. I mean, we had the trade yesterday of uh, Christian Wood. The more I think about that, the more I kind of like it. But at the same time, uh, we can you know spend all off season talking about trades and roster makeups because what actually matters is who wins the fucking title. That's what all the roster machinations are about: winning the title. And that's what the Warriors just did. So, let's get into the game wrap. The game six of the NBA Finals. Game six of the 2022 NBA Finals. Finals, 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 finals. All right. Bit of a game wrap for you. Game six, the Warriors take the title. Uh, so before the game uh, today, we had the very brief live stream. Uh, I went for a, you know, dropped the squid off at daycare. I went for a quick run and just ran out of time. <laughs> it was fucked. But anyway, we did still did the five big things in yesterday's show. We had five more big things uh, this morning. Uh, talking about the Celtics and whether or not they can, uh, they finally lose two in a row. Will they lose three in a row? So they hadn't lost two in a row all playoffs. Will they actually really lose three in a row? That's why I basically ended up leaning towards the Celtics with my tip, uh, my pick in the end. Uh, and, you know, we've seen them come back from down 3-2 against Milwaukee. Uh, but I think the biggest question we had in there, how do they goose the offense to make that happen? And uh, one of the other ones was, is Tatum just going to be shit? Is he cooked? What's going on? doesn't matter if he's hurt. Can they just get one big performance from him? No, they couldn't. Is Steph hurt? No, he was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Turn that around. And I think one of the ones we had yesterday was, is the Warriors' defense just sneakily too good for this Boston offense? The answer was a resounding fuck yeah. Holy moly. And uh, do we see game six clay? And I think the thing that I mentioned yesterday was, does it feel a bit too hyped now? It did. And yeah, we didn't really get a game six clay, did we? He went 5 of 20 in the end. But what a fascinating game. And look... I think we've gone through a lot of this series. So because I've got so many uh, mates who are Boston fans, uh, I do tend to take a little bit more of a Boston-centric approach to breaking down some of these games. But that's also because I think we what we've seen in this series, and Boston lose it in six, and the focus should be on what the Warriors do well and what they do right and how they did it. But the thing is, the Warriors kind of just played the way they wanted to, all series. And the Celtics, when they played their absolute best, were a match for them. And as we saw in Game uh, 1 and Game 3, more than a match. They won those games. The problem was, and I think that's why the Celtics have probably more of an interesting and analytic kind of side to them when you look at them and go, how did this all go wrong? Like, it's more interesting to discuss that than it is to go, yeah, the Warriors are just fucking good. So just... I wanted to uh, flag that right from the get-go because I feel like I've been feeling. I feel like I've been talking about the fucking Celtics for, like you know, the last two months non-stop, and I was just watching the game today. And before we get into the game wrap, like this is it. I'm like, 
halfway through that second quarter, as the Celtics are just shitting down their leg, I'm like, I'm, I'm just sick of watching this team. I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of the Jekyll and Hyde. Like, there's usually, with some teams, a bit of, a bit of fun with the Jekyll and Hyde nature of it, right? But the Celtics, there's just, there's so little joy in what they do. So I love the hold steady. Their big thing is there is so much joy in what we do. I don't know if the Celtics have any joy about playing basketball. <laughs> Whereas the Warriors, there is a lot of joy in that team. Uh, and I think I was kind of relieved after this game that I don't have to sit there and like watch another Celtics game where they just shit the bed. And you're like, how do they keep doing this? And then their defense just cranks up a little bit and they pull it back and away we go. But I think the biggest thing to come out of this entire series for me was, as I said in the preview, I think this morning, uh, it's obviously about experience. A bunch of the Warriors have been in the finals. They've been there before. They've done this before. And the Celtics haven't. The Celtics are younger. You've got a 19-year-old Jason Tatum. He's 24. We get it. Uh, a young Jalen Brown. A fairly young Marcus Smart and co. Average Al Horford. Bit old now. You get that on the big jobs, but never made a finals before. And to me, it felt like the Warriors were running around out there on the floor knowing what they were doing. They knew what to do. And the Celtics, to me, watching them game in, game out, they're a team that needed to be told what to do. And there's that level of uh, that one extra step between knowing what you have to do or being told what you have to do and then the execution of that. That one crucial step makes it just that much more difficult every possession to be completely locked in, I think. And the Celtics, like, without... You know, you're going to hear fucking people complain, oh, they need a true point guard. They need someone who can handle the... Yeah, they need someone who can handle the ball and just, like, help conduct that offense. The thing is, Marcus Smart was that guy for a bunch of this season. So I think that'll get way more overblown than it probably is. But really, I think, as I said, with the that one step of being told what to do and having to execute it, that's where the turnovers come from. That's where the missed layups come from. That's where the defensive breakdowns came from. And that's how you lose a series. Like, it's just experience. The Warriors, just that much more experience. Knew what to do at every turn, it felt like. Uh, even Andrew, like, and there's this, like, a sense of confidence that comes with that, right? So you see Steph and Clay and Draymond knowing what to do all the time. You've got a great coach, a great coach in Steve Kerr and that entire uh, coaching uh, squad. But that imbues a dude like Andrew Wiggins with the confidence to do what he needs to do. Gary Payton II, same thing. Even Kevon Looney. Even Otto fucking Porter, like who hit two of the biggest shots of this game, I feel. Anyway, so it was a strange game. You get the crazy hot Celtic start. Uh, they're up, what, 14-2 to two out of nowhere. And it felt like, you know, Brown and Tatum were rolling. Juice Tatum was going off his fucking head on the sideline. You'll have to see that, a little squid. Uh, but then they change out the starting lineup. They go small, just Horford. And suddenly it's a classic couple of Celtics trips, like a turnover and a lazy pass after Smart flops on two plays and draws two fouls, one on Steph and one on Clay at the very start of this game. And then they turn the ball over. It's like this. So you're telling me Smart's flopped everywhere. And you end up with no points from that one trip. 
because you just kind of bubble the ball up in the air. And that's where it sort of kind of kept going. Just that loss of focus, that loss of uh, absolute, you know, knuckling down and knowing exactly we need to treasure the ball with every possession. And the Celtics just didn't do that. So very quickly, it goes from 14 to 2 to 14 to 7. Uh, there was a weird, nice transition bucket off a turnover for the Celtics. You're like, hello, Derek White. What's going on? He didn't score again the rest of the game. Clay hits a three. It's 16-10. Suddenly pulls on there. Uh, Pritchard's on. He misses every shot he takes. It's 18-14. to One of the laziest moments, though, early on, I thought, Gary Payton the second, like, took a three, missed it. All the Celtics sort of cleared out. GP2's like, yo, I'm just going to get this rebound then and put it back up and in. It was really lazy for Boston. They had four turnovers already at that point. It was 22-18. to Then Curry smokes a three. And they're up, I think, what, 24-22 a couple of minutes later? And then Poole hits a three. And it's an 11-0 run, 27-22. It was just such a Boston moment, right? Like, they crapped the bed. They were scoreless the, basically the last three minutes of the first quarter. They give up an 11-0 run, 13-2 overall, down the stretch. But the worst part for me, and probably uh, the most telling aspect of like the aggression with which the Celtics didn't come out with, they, they did initially, and then it went away straight away because Golden State had their fourth team foul with six and a half minutes left in the first quarter. If you guess that Boston had zero free throws from the penalty after that, you'd be right because they just stopped. They just stopped being aggressive. They started settling, and it got worse and worse in that second quarter. There was a dumb Tatum foul straight off the uh, bat. He had the take foul, um, and then he gets another one later. Start of the second quarter, he gets a pull. There's a pull three. It's a 30-22 to 22 lead for the Warriors. Wiggins goes straight through the Celtics' defense right after that. It's 32-22. It's a 16-0 run. Then Poole hits another three, and then Wiggins gets another layup. These are all interspersed by Celtics turnovers, uh, Celtics misses, and the Warriors just getting out up and ahead. That ends up being a 21-0 Warriors run. That's the longest in 50 years' worth of NBA Finals history. Celtics are suddenly down 15, having just shit all down their own leg. And Emu Yudoka's out there playing like a full bench, or not full bench, but mostly bench lineups with Derek White next to Grant Williams and next to Peyton Pritchard. You're like, why are there so many bench players out there all at once? Oh, we've just been outscored 21 to zip, say the Celtics. We better put the starting lineup back in. You know the one that got us up 14 to 2? Bang! Straight away, they score five points out of nowhere. And, uh... Smart cops a dumb foul. That's his third after a big flop by uh, Gary Payton the second where he sort of gets fouled and then does the extra hop, skip into the air flop. And if you're going to fall for that as an NBA ref in the NBA finals, you should be fucking fired, I'm just saying. But either way, uh, Time Lord blocks a curry shot. It's, you know, feeling pretty good. They throw Derek White back in there for Smart, who sits with that third foul. But that just sort of felt like it rattled them a little bit. Tatum hits a two. They're back down to eight. There's... I don't know, the Warriors are just flat out not guarding like uh, any of the bench dudes, like Derek White, Grant Williams. They're kind of like, yeah, go at it, please. And there's just so many dumb Celtics turnovers in this second quarter. There's four straight Celtics turnovers. Time Lord losing a couple. 
White just losing the ball up in the air. Brown just going, whee! Curry hits a three. Warriors are back up 14 at one point. And the telling aspect of that was that the Warriors at that point, I think, had nine offensive rebounds midway through the second. Tatum picks up a defensive foul. That's his third. And that, and that is why you don't have the dumb transition take foul where you grab Steph Curry at the start of the game, Jason Tatum. What are you doing? Brutal. Grant Williams has a missed three. And I think it was an in sort of typical vibe about the Celtics in this one where they're never at their best when they're driving to pass. It's always about driving to score. The Warriors, they never telegraph so much on their driving. All right, I'm going to go for a layup. I'm going to kick it out to the shooter. And like this is the fucking Warriors we're talking about, whereas the Celtics are like, Pritchard will drive, and he's like, I'm never taking this layup. I'm literally head on a swivel trying to pass it, and the, and the Warriors are like, well, that's fine. We're going to pick off the pass, or we can recover off the help defense that we've just played. No stress. Grant Williams does the same. Tatum does the same. Doesn't help that Tatum couldn't make a layup. But either way, you've got this moment where it's like 11 turnovers for the Celtics. There's an 18-point Warriors lead. The boos come raining down from the Celtics fans. You love to see that. There's another Boston turnover straight after the fucking timeout. Clay hits a three. It's a 21-point Warriors lead. And uh, they pull it back at the end of the second quarter to the Celtics. Score uh, a 6-0 run as the uh, Warriors miss a few shots. But it was such a dumb half for the Celtics. Like, dumb fouls, dumb turnovers, bad shots. And they were down 15. And you're like, 15? Okay, that's uh, it's not great. But if you can just eat in that lead by the fourth quarter, give yourself a shot, maybe. And that's kind of how it went. Draymond started the half, the second half of the three. Brown with a layup. Al hits a three. But that's answered by Curry hitting a three. And there's a 16-point lead here, middle of the third quarter. And I think this is just, uh, obviously, this is where Curry goes off. But it's also just exactly what happened to the Celtics time and time again this series. Horford hits a three. Otto Porter hits the answering three. Curry hits another three. They're back up 18. Horford hits another three. Cuts it back to 16. Boom, Otto Porter answers again. And that's essentially where the Celtics lose it because Steph Curry then hits another three, the uh, the get-the-fuck-out-of-here three. He's five or six from downtown. They're up 22. It's basically all she wrote at that point, right? You're just like, ugh. And time and time again, the Celtics just could not take any advantage of like their own made buckets or get anything rolling essentially offensively while their defense was also on point. like Their defense after a made bucket would always just feel that little bit complacent, usually because Jason Tatum was complaining about a call, Smart was yelling at somebody, and there's just like that one t- like tiny little bit of disconnect in the Boston defense, and boom, you've got Otto Porter wide open for a three after you, the Boston offense has worked so hard to get Horford a three, and it's just found money. For the Warriors, right? They're just like, oh, cool. Well, the Boston defense is a little bit asleep. Boom, we'll take advantage of it. And then Curry just goes fucking absolute Johnny Storm. Starts nailing those crazy threes. Smart finally hits a three a little bit after that. There's a Time Lord tip in. And they've cut it down to 17 with, what, less than five minutes to go on the third. They get it down to 15, but there's a few weird sort of empty trips for the Warriors. And then Jalen Brown. 
as everyone's sort of just settling in to write the uh, obituary on this year's Boston Celtics and bang up the uh, get the Warriors banner up in the uh, rafters already, Jalen Brown hits a three. He drives and he scores. It's a 12-point game. It's gone from 22 to 12. And you're like, hang on a second. But then, of course, Boston turned the ball over a bunch. There's their 16th and 17th turnover. They've gone past the magic number. They've flown past it, in fact. Uh, Clay was off all game, and he missed a couple at this point, and it just felt like Boston were dodging bullets. Horford gets a uh, shot in the paint. It's an and one. It gets it to a nine-point game. Then he blocks Steph, and it's like, watch out. Boom. Draymond nails a jumper, a long jumper. Draymond's already hit a three, obviously, at the start of this third quarter. He nails a jumper in Time Lord's face. It goes back up to 11. Jalen Brown draws a foul on Curry. He goes to the line. He misses the first one, hits the second one. It's a 10-point game. So it ends up a 16-4 run by the Celtics. They get back within 10, heading into the fourth quarter. That's all you need to be. You need to be into that 10-12 to 12 point range to give yourself a shot. The craziest part was they had 17 turnovers at that point. They had a 19-11 to 11 turnover points advantage. We'll talk about that later, but... The thing is, all those turnovers are also empty possessions for the Celtics, you know what I'm saying? And that's just too tough to overcome. And they start the fourth quarter. They miss all these good looks to start off the quarter. Uh, Poole misses a layup. Clay misses a three. And then there's another bad Boston turnover where the Warriors run out. There's a Gary Payton the second dunk. That's just vicious. You're like, oh, shit. 12-point game. There's a Time Lord foul, which is a bit of bullshit. Just a touch foul. Uh, Poole hits a couple of free throws. 14-point game, and the Celtics were just gacking it up. You know, Poole gets another layup after working Jason Tatum. Tatum finds, you know, gets a nice little bucket on the inside after a nice pass by Time Lord. Time Lord blocks a pull three, but time and time again, they just can't stop the Warriors while also just eking enough blood out of that offensive stone to eat into that lead, and they just couldn't because they've gotten up to 20 turnovers at that point, and just giving up that many possessions is too hard. Uh, Grant Williams gets an amazing and one. There's a hint of life, but then they will let Steph Curry walk into the paint for a layup. It's back up to 11. Then Wiggins blocks the shit out of a Tatum layup, and uh, no good. But still, Jalen Brown, he's still got one more trick left up his sleeve. He drives into a crowd, loses the ball, because that's what Jalen Brown does. He tries to take more than two or three dribbles and he's going to turn it over or throw it out of bounds or lose it. Either way, luckily one of the Warriors touches it, goes out of bounds. He then hits a three. It's an eight-point game, five minutes to go. What happens? Wiggins answers. Of course he does. And boom, there's another Jalen Brown turnover. Draymond gets a layup. Horford hits a three. You're like, watch out. But then after a bit of dribble penetration, Curry just cuts through, gets another layup. And uh, there's a Celtics turnover, and that's basically the game at that point because Tatum passes up a wide-open corner three, drives. The crowd are like, would you just fucking shoot it? Stop fucking around. And guess what happens? He travels. And that was essentially the game right there. They never got back into it after that. And uh, after a couple of sort of little fuck-arounds, basically... After that Tatum travel, Steph hits a three, and that is basically, there's like three minutes to go, I think, at that point. They're up 15, and uh, Tatum misses a floater after that. They get the offensive rebound. He can't get the tip shot to go in, does uh, Time Lord. And even though Jalen hits a three right after that, it's two minutes to go. It's 12 points. Wiggins then nails the 
dagger three with just under two minutes to go after another offensive rebound. And you could just see the Celtics crowd at that exact moment just go, oh, for fuck's sake, can't do. Did you see that? Because Wiggins misses a three. The ball just bounces into the middle of the court. The Celtics are all looking at each other and not getting the ball. Draymond grabs it, kicks it over to Wiggins, uh, kicks it to Steph. Steph, like, sort of backpedals, kicks it over to Wiggins. Wiggins nails a three. They're back up 15, less than two minutes to go. And uh, the rest of the game is essentially just fucking around. And really, the story of this was just the turnovers, the lack of free throws uh, for the Celtics, and not being able to hit layups. The defense of the Warriors was so staunch. Time and time again, there was a moment where Horford was in the paint with Steph Curry on him. At no point did Horford even look at the rim or even look like he was going to try to score, despite being half a foot taller than Steph Curry and about three feet away from the basket. You're like, ah, yep, the Celtics are going to lose this. And they did because the Warriors' defense was just so much more locked in than the Boston defense. The offensive rebounding for the Warriors... And when you win the offensive rebounding battle, it just means that, A, you're paying better attention. You're more focused. You're playing You're playing bigger than you are, especially when really you've only got Draymond and Looney out there with any sort of size. But, you know, especially against like Horford and uh, Time Lord, who are legitimately big dudes. But Draymond with four offensive rebounds, three for Wigo, six for Kevon Looney. But then there's the sneaky ones, like, you know, one each for Peyton and Poole. While, really, like, Time Lord wasn't quite enough of a force on the on the rebounds. He only had seven for the game in his 33 minutes, but he was also sort of dragged by that amazing Warriors offense time and time again out to the perimeter, having to chase around, you know, the likes of Curry with the switching on the clay, and you're like, yeah, something's out of position. It's a lot of Horford, and Horford's old, <laughs> and he's not as big as you think. So tricky, tricky stuff. And the sort of point that you end up landing on is the turnovers. And you're like, oh, but Boston actually had more points off of the turnovers than the Warriors did. So they had 22 turnovers uh, to 15. They actually scored 27 off the uh, turnovers to 20. But in my brain, I'm just looking at 22 turnovers. That's 22 trips that Boston have gotten nothing out of. Of your own trips... Just done. Nothing. Because you've turned the ball over. And that cost them the game. Like, that's almost what it was. It was just time and time again. It's like, well, we can't string anything together because in the next possession, we're just going to fucking give up the ball or our defense will break down enough and uh, the Warriors will run over the top. And then Steph just gave him that kick in the pants in the third quarter that really boosted them. The two Porter threes that answered Horford threes were absolutely massive. Because those are the moments where Boston just go, cool, we've got another miss. We're absolutely riding a fucking wave here. We've got Horford. He's on for Ah, oh, Porter. And you sort of have those moments, and then Steph gets hot at the exact same time, and you turn around, and you're down 22. Yeah, they pulled it back to 12 and then to 8, but they could never quite get that run just because of the turnovers in the fourth quarter. And obviously Tatum was horrible. And I'm going to talk about Tatum extensively, but... It was a rough game. They end up 11-28 from downtown. The Celtics, 41 rebounds to 44, but they gave up the 15 offensive rebounds. That killed them. Uh, Tatum, 13 points. 
13. Not bad for a 19-year-old, but he uh, shot 6 of 18. 6 of 18. Kobe. Uh, 1 of 4 from downtown. 7 assists, 3 rebounds, 3 steals a block, 5 turnovers. And this has been the point I've made all series. He's played weak. He played for the contact, not for the bucket and the contact. He's not playing through contact literally ever. And that was sort of pretty evident in his, uh, you know, Zero free throw attempts today for Jason Tatum. Zero. Zero free throw attempts for Jason Tatum today. The amount of bitching and moaning he did about contact, and he got zero free throws. The refs sometimes will look at you and go, dude, look, I'm not going to bail you out with that sort of piss-weak effort. (laughs) Like, you have to make a genuine attempt, and if you're going to get hit, guess what? That's part of basketball sometimes. So Tatum was piss-weak, and... Pretty disappointing. Brown was incredible, though. You may remember yesterday's show. I expected the big Jalen Brown game. It happened. 34 points, 12 or 23 shooting, 5 11 from downtown. He was awesome. Five turnovers, though, and this is the thing. Like, if you're Jalen Brown, can you just spend this summer just dribbling a basketball the entire fucking time? You know? You know how you used to do that in, like, grade 7, year 7, year 8? Everywhere you go, you'd have a basketball in your hand. At least I would. And... That's what Brown needs to be doing because the amount of times that he drove into traffic and just lost the ball and throw it away, it's just brutal. Uh, but either way, offensively, like his three-point shooting was really good. He goes 5'11". He sort of stepped up when they needed somebody to step up and Tatum just didn't do his part. Uh, Smart also no-showed on offense. He was like the only starter, I think, with a plus-minus of a... Uh, oh, no. Brown was a plus-one in the end. Horford was a plus-two, but he had the best plus-minus on the team, did uh, Marcus Smart, plus-seven. It was a bit tricky, though. Nine points, four or 12 shooting, only one or two from downtown. But again, for him, zero free throws. Zero. It was just the attacking of the basket. It just wasn't there. The attacking it with intent. Uh, Time Lord, 10 points, seven rebounds, two assists for him. Uh, Played his ass off. He had five blocks, did Time Lord. God damn, he was everywhere. Horford, 19 points, 14 rebounds. Average Al Horford, step it up again. He was unreal, wasn't he? Not bad for the old bloke. Two assists, two steals, three turnovers as well, though. And uh, the bench was just abysmal. Oh, boy. Five points for the entire bench. Derek White uh, completely went MIA. One of six in his 16 minutes. 0-2 from three. Hit that little uh, floater first off and then went 0-5 the rest of the game. Grant Williams with that and one. That was all he did. Three points, one assist, one rebound, a block, and a turnover. Pritchard, 0-2, both from three. He was brutal. Uh, meanwhile, the Warriors bench was huge. So, yeah, tough one. Warriors only the 15 turnovers compared to the 22. They went 19 of 46 from three. They shot 41.3% from both the field and from three. How is that? Amazing vibes. Uh, Steph ends up with 34. Just a classic knock him out Steph game. Like, not going to run over the top of you with 50, but I'm going to just fucking, when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. I'm Steph Curry. Look at this three. Eat a dick. Bang. Huge game. Seven rebounds, seven assists, only two turnovers. Uh, like that he and the rest of the Warriors kind of limited just the dumb fuckery is just huge. So it was awesome. Wiggins was amazing. 18 points, six rebounds, five assists, four steals, and three blocks for Wiggins. His impact was massive. He also went four of nine from downtown. And, like, that was kind of the amazing thing about the Wiggins' last couple of games as well. He, like, couldn't hit a three. 
but he was like really, really contributing. Today, defensively, I thought he was fucking incredible. He did a job on Tatum all series. He had four steals and three blocks alone today as well. The uh, I think the final block that he had where he just negated a Tatum layup attempt, Wiggins was just so like, get the fuck out of here, Jason. What are you doing? He was massive, uh, especially because Clay was bad. 5 of 20, 12 points, 2 of 8 from downtown. Steve Kerr even looked like he was getting a bit angry at him at times. Uh, Draymond was huge too. 12 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks. He had 5 turnovers, but you get that on the big jobs. Whatever. Pool, he was huge as well. 15 points, 5 of 12 shooting. Hit 3 threes. Gary Payton the second, 6 points, 3 rebounds, 3 steals, 2 assists. He, was a, he had a massive impact. Uh, just kind of the do-everything-be-everywhere kind of guy, plugging the gaps defensively just absolutely everywhere, making a menace of himself. Looney, seven rebounds, zero points, five fouls, but did a number, I think, on the uh, on the bigs of uh, Boston with the, what was it, the five offensive rebounds? At six, Jesus. Had one defensive rebound, amazing. Uh, and Otto hit those two threes in his 13 minutes for his six points. Iggy got out there in the end as well. Nice moment. You love to see that. Iggy Didn't really uh, do a giant amount. Didn't really bother the scorers, but nice to get out there. And there you go. Golden State end up winning at 103-90. Uh, huge win. Big win on the road. The only other team to win the NBA Finals in Boston were the 85 Lakers. And here we are. The Golden State Warriors win at 4-2. They've got their fourth title in eight years. You love to see it. Let's quickly do some NBA Australia Awards with the NBA Australia approved performance of the night and everything like that right after this. This is Chris Anstey, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Oh, it's got to be Steph. That was amazing. The dude's, you know, tapping the ring finger in the third quarter on the road. Absolutely huge balls to do that. I love it, especially when it, you know, got down to eight. Uh, But this was a cementing of the legacy game for Steph, the fuck you game from Steph. This is the finals fuck you game from Steph that we've all been waiting for that he delivered in a closeout elimination game, put Boston to the sword, fucked them up all kinds of ways. Just think about this game in just the sheer terms of Steph Curry and his cutting through the traffic to the cup, hitting layup after fucking layup. Contrast that to Jason Tatum. Just, it was amazing. So he ends up with a 34 points, 12 or 21 shooting, 6 of 11 from downtown. This is a dude who went 0 of 9 last game. Doesn't give a fuck. But also, what a well-rounded game this was. 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals a block, only 2 turnovers. The absolute fucking goal, though, to go out there in the third quarter, just put the boot in, to put them up 22, just nail 3 straight threes. Just go, I don't give a fuck. I'm Steph Curry. Gets his first ever finals MVP. And, of course... Gets to go in the locker room after the game, spraying the champagne, and uh, goes, what are they going to talk about now? What are they going to talk about now? What are they going to talk about now, Steph? You are now unimpeachable. Absolutely love it. A cementing of the legacy for all ages. 
Great stuff, Steph. What a game. What a game. What a performance. What a showing. Where's it going to go? This is going straight to the pool room. You better bloody believe it. Steph Curry, 34-7-7, 6-11 from three. His first ever finals MVP. Guess what? Top 10 all time. Spud of the night, though. Spud, 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 of the night. Jason Tatum. Oh, boy. Oh, Jason, what are you doing, mate? Mate, Jason, what are you doing, mate? So, you might remember, Jason Tatum started off this game pretty well. Pretty, pretty well. You might even turn around and go, well, he had seven points in the first quarter. He was feeling pretty good. He then had another four points in the second quarter. Hey, Jimmy, how many points did he end up with? Two more the rest of the way. What the fuck, Jason? What a horrible game this was. That's right. He goes five or ten in the first half as Jason Tatum. He ends up with 11 points. He ends up, as pointed out, six of 18 overall. For this game. He scored two points the rest of the way. Five turnovers. Unbelievable scenes. He became the first player in NBA history with 100 turnovers in a single playoff run. But really, the most egregious vibe for this for me is just the sheer shittiness of what he displayed in that second half. 0 for 4 in the third quarter. Uh, and then backs it up with obviously the 1 for in the one for 4 in the, uh, in the fourth quarter. So two points down the stretch. The entire way, absolutely MIA, throwing the ball away at every opportunity and shooting his team in the foot time and time again. Jason Tatum, oh, he's only 19, Jimmy. Nah, fuck him. (laughs) That is, we're going to find out. Yes, there's a rotator cuff injury. Ah, he's done so bursitis. I don't know, something. But I don't think much really excuses just how bad he's been in this series beyond amazing defense played by Andrew Wiggins, by uh, every time, like, they'd have Gary Payton, Draymond, Wiggins, and co. sort of just flying around on Tatum. He didn't have any space. But, motherfucker, if you're going to text Kobe, like, you got to step up. You can't be doing this. We talked about this during the Milwaukee series. Talked about it during the Miami series, where he'll have a stinker here and there, but it's about eliminating the stinkers and about eliminating the impact of those stinkers. Today, five turnovers, seven assists, three rebounds, six of 18. You're not limiting the impact of your stinker in this game. To seriously score two points in the second half of an elimination game at home, that's like spud of the night, shitty Louvre territory. We're not going to put in there right there, I think, because, look, six of eight, or maybe we should, six of 18, but he did have the seven assists. You know, we've got Struess and Lowry for game uh, five of the Miami series. Reggie Bullock, game three against Golden State. Dylan Brooks, game two against Golden State. A lot of these games happen against Golden State. It might be just that Golden State uh, defense, I'm saying. But Tatum, game six versus Golden State, 13 points on six of 18 shooting, two points in the second half, facing elimination. You're going to the shitty Louvre! Let's do it! This is horrible! There's no other way to put it! It was horrible. There is no other way to put it. How about old mate no mates though for today? 
Old mate, no mate. 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 Who's got no mates today? It's Tatum. And smart, actually. Um, I think just their offensive ineptitude today was offensive and inept. Uh, <laughs> because, uh, I mean, after a few beers tonight, do you reckon there's a few words spoken between Al Horford and Jalen Brown? Or like, these fucking guys, man, if they actually just rock up and do their fucking job, like, we're NBA champions. But uh, <laughs> Tatum and Smart absolutely going MIA in the biggest game. Uh, Smart flopping everywhere. Uh, I think I talked about on the live stream at halftime that there were three fouls called on Marcus Smart in the first half that Marcus Smart ended up on the ground after. The fouls were called on him, but he's on the fucking ground. Like, that is some old mate, no mates. The ref's like, we're sick of your fucking shit, Marcus. He's like, oh, but sir, but sir, the other boys are cheating as well. It's like, yeah. But you're being the fucking idiot about it. You keep throwing yourself everywhere. And that's how the Gary Payton uh, 2, that flop, gets by the keeper. Because the ref's like, eh, it was Marcus Smart. He probably hit him too hard. Fuck him. Even though Poole gave it the uh, you know the springboard act <laughs> after he'd been hit. Uh, but it's very much a rough night for Smart and Tatum. It's very much an old mate, no mates. Because you know that Tatum's going to cop it. He should cop it. And he will cop it. Uh, but Smart, really, like... Even though defensively he was pretty good across the board, those fouls, the turnovers, between the two of them, you've really got to look at it and go, if you're the rest of the team, you're going to be going, just in the back of your head, you'd be like, yeah, the fuck's up with these guys? (laughs) Just so. Like, come on, man. Seriously, Marcus Smart, nine points on 12 shots, 13 points on 18 shots for Tatum. As another member of the Celtics, you'd be like, oh, God, man, come on. What are we doing here? What are we doing? I mean, you're getting torched by Jordan Poole, mate. What are you doing? So, yeah, I mean, they're not catching a bus anywhere unless they're going to go have a uh, team dinner. But that team bus is just sitting there looking at Jason Tatum going, hey, man, uh, did Kobe text you back? Uh, pantsing the night, it's the Boston Celtics getting booed by their own fans in that third quarter, going down 22, and also getting beaten on the uh, parquet core of the uh, Boston Celtics. The only other team to do that was obviously, as mentioned, the 85 Lakers. There was also another great pantsing moment, like Jay, basically Time Lord just slapping the ball. Every, like it's in the air, fuck you, boom. Uh, but I think Jordan Poole got a three blocked by Time Lord. And anytime you get a three blocked, that's a bit of a pantsing. Uh, but really, Boston getting pantsed on their own home court. It was a bit of a self-pantsing because those turnovers, it's just just the shitting down your own leg time and time again by the Celtics was just abysmal. I'll tell you that much. Better than Lonzo Ball. Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you're going to get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. He's coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Uh, Gary Payton II is going to be my better than Lonzo Ball today because he's now an NBA champion. Same as his dad. Oh, Jimmy, did JP win one? Yeah, with Miami in 2006. You probably forgot that one. Sonic's legend, Gary Payton. Uh, but he goes two of six from the floor today, over two from three. Doesn't matter. Six points, three rebounds, two assists, three steals, and a block. He led the team in plus minus in his 20 minutes. The 
the mitten, Gary Payton the second was a plus twenty. That is absolutely fucking huge. Loved every second of it. GP two, you absolute star, NBA champion, just like your dad. Easily better than Lonzo Ball. And uh, let's uh, finish this one off with a dickhead of the week. Dickhead of the week. Ah, uh, Draymond. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be an amazing podcast episode. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it was an interesting aspect where I think the Warriors are 19-1 when Draymond makes a three. He made, makes his first three of the fucking series in this one and uh, starts making the three sign. And it's like, eh, I don't know, man. I don't know about this. I don't know if you should be doing that. But I think the thing that my uh, Celtics mates are messaging me about with the in fact, that Draymond was telling the Celtics, y'all be back, y'all be back, no no doubt about it. It's like, all right, all right, Draymond. You spent this entire series talking shit, being the world's most annoying prick. And it's like, hey, guys, nah, we're still friends. You guys will be back. Don't worry about it. It's like, yes, we get it, Draymond. Yeah, you won. Now you're fucking nice to us. Blow it out your ass. If you meet that person in real life, you're like, oh, this fucking prick. I hate him so much. Uh so, yeah, if you're a Celtics fan, Celtics player, Draymond easily dickhead of the week. I just hate that sort of uh, two-faced vibe of like, oh, I'm going to be really nice after I've been a prick all season to you. Y'all be back. Y'all be back. Nah, just lean into it, Draymond. Just, nah, go fuck yourselves. Just, just that's what he's, sh- you got to keep up that energy. Keep up the same energy. Just tell him to go fuck themselves, Draymond. Anyway, but good on him. Dickhead of the week. He needed to win it because he's been a dickhead all series. You'd love to see it. All right. Great stuff. There's the game six. Now let's do a bunch of yeah nahs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys. This is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. All right. Let's do it. Yeah, now it's brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. Go get your merch. People. Get your merch, get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Oh, yeah, get your merch, get your merch. NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Or just click on the links on the socials. They're all there. Uh, get a T-shirt. As I've mentioned before, we're doing some renos on the house. I need to clear out that room. So uh, help a brother out and buy a fucking T-shirt or a hoodie, would you? So I don't have to uh, pack as much stuff up. <laughs> go do it. They're awesome. And uh, I'll love you forever if you go buy one. I'll chuck in a uh, couple of stickers for you as well. How nice is that? All right, some yeah, nahs, a bunch of listener ones. Um, first off, the Andrew Gaze uh, legend status is pretty good. Uh, Jez Oz sent through a yeah, nah about this today. Yeah, nah, Andrew Gaze being elevated to legend status in the hall of the Australian Basketball Hall of Fame is just the best. Yeah, nah, yeah, it really is. Gazy being a legend is the obvious one. And uh, I, a thought crossed my mind yesterday reading the thing. Like, I think Basketball Victoria tweeted out, yeah, Melbourneian. And Victorian legend Andrew Gaze is a, uh, you know, he's elevated a legend status, only the sixth member of the legends. And I'm like, that's how much of a legend Gaze he is. That in my brain, I don't even think of him specifically as a Victorian or even as a Melbourne Tiger. Like, that's how elevated he is in my dumb brain. Like, 
That's pretty fucking cool. That's how good he is. Gazy, what a legend. Uh, he is like my dream guest, I think, for the thousandth episode of NBA Australia. So let's make that happen. Uh, right, some yeah, nahs. This is, uh, first off, my sort of just perspective one was, is this the best Warriors title? Is it? Better than 2015, better than 17, 18. Yeah, nah, yeah. But I think that's because it's the most impressive, right? Yeah, nah, yeah. Because I think 2015, you're beating a LeBron team without Kyrie, without Kevin Love. Delhi's the second best player. Cool. You basically just beat LeBron and Delhi. Well done, Warriors. They lose in 7 and 16 in hilarious fashion. And then they get the KD glom on. So 17 and 18, for the fact that they were better teams and like horrifyingly terrifying teams, this is probably the best finals win they've had, right? Because Boston have incredible top-end talent. Uh, they're a really good... Def- I mean, these an incredible defensive team. And Golden State just leaned on their experience leaned on their own defense and just dissected them. As I said during the live stream, I think, uh, it felt like they were solving an equation as a bunch of math magicians. <laughs> and I feel like that's why it's the most impressive for me because it's an older Steph, it's a recuperating clay, it's a Draymond who can't fucking do much of anything really compared to what he could do in his heyday. Like you think about Game 7 2016 where he's just gone off for 30-odd. This is easily their best title because it was probably their hardest and it's probably the most impressive. Like, they worked so hard for this one, I think, and it's probably going to feel the sweetest, you know what I'm saying? So, kind of love it. Great stuff by the Warriors. Matty Owers, he asked this one. I'll take you back to my year now a few months back. Does this title mean more than the other three in the last few seasons? Yeah, nah, yeah. I really, really like that one. It did. And uh, this is also, like, this one means more because it doesn't have KD. It doesn't, it's not coming up against a uh, lessened opponent like it did in 15. This 100% feel means more. It'll mean more to Steph. It'll mean more to fucking Draymond and Clay. That's for sure. It'll mean more to Steve Kerr. He did a better coaching job in this one than I think he did in the other ones. So, Matty Owens also had the, uh, where does the Golden State War... Warriors dynasty sit now versus the Bulls, the Spurs, the Lakers, etc. in the last 30 years. Uh, I've got it ahead of the Spurs, but behind the Bulls and the uh, 80s Lakers. Does that make sense? Because like the Spurs, the fact that they never went back-to-back, as impressive as it was, they did four in nine. So 99, three, five, seven. Yeah, nine seasons. And then got their fifth in 2014. So they end up with five, but across a longer span. Never go back to back. Whereas the four and eight for the Warriors, you've also got to throw in the fact that if those devastating injuries don't happen to like KD and Clay, like who knows how many they could have actually fucking won, right? So Toronto win 2019, Lakers win 20, Bucks win 21. And you're like, all right, cool, bro. But at the same time, like what would the Warriors have done in that time? Uh, five and nine for the Lakers in the 80s, but six and eight 
for me is still the best, and that's the Bulls. The two three-peats. It's just so fucking hard uh, to string three together, and uh, that's why I've got the Bulls there. It's probably still the best dynasty, you know? Uh, but I've got the Warriors third, and the thing is, like, they're not done because that leads us to the next one. Scott Baxter, can they repeat? Yeah, nah. Yeah, they can. They can. They get James Wiseman next year. They've got another big, a more athletic big. Who knows what he could uh, give them. you love that. You'll have Cum Bucket in his second year. Johnny Kaminga. Moses Moody Moody Moosey Moosey. He's going to be incredible, feasibly. The thing is, can they? Yes. Will they is the tougher question. Because in the West, uh, it's just going to be that much tougher next year, right? Like, who knows what the Suns are going to do. In Suns fashion, they'll shoot themselves in the foot <laughs> time and time again. Suns love doing that. Uh but also Denver get their dudes back, Jam and Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. That'll be way more dangerous. Uh, you have Kawhi <laughs> back to the Clippers. You'll have AD presumably back at full strength for the Lakers. Like the West just gets a little bit more torrid. You've got like you know Luca absolutely flying there in Dallas next to Christian Wood, etc. Like I just think the West will be a little bit more difficult. So they could repeat. Will they? Makes it a little bit more difficult. We'll figure that out as we, uh, you know, see what happens with the uh, musical chairs of the offseason. Scott Baxter, also another one. Yeah, nah, series finishing in Boston was a great way to end given the shit that they gave Draymond at the start of the series. Yeah, nah, I reckon it made it feel that much sweeter. You know? Yeah. I think it did. And I think that's why you saw the third quarter, just the antics and how psyched they were. Uh... And how they, ne- like, even though it sort of got a little bit squirrely there for a second, like, the Warriors were just so supremely confident. It was just such a great way to give them the old fuck you. Yeah, good job. Nice one, Scotty. Uh, Jason Walters and Brad McKeegan. We've got a kind of combo here. Uh, Jason Walters. Hey, Jimmy, was that the Karma bus running over the Celtics for what they did to Bangers and the little guy? Yeah, nah. Yes. I said this in the post-game uh, rap, the stream. 100% the basketball gods are undefeated. So the basketball gods reward the Warriors. Clay's time and effort to come back to this level misses an absolute fucking shit ton of games, comes back, wins another title. That's amazing. Meanwhile, the Celtics promise not to trade bangers, turn around, trade him. They move on from Isaiah Thomas despite him like giving absolutely everything. His sister passes away. He breaks his face. He's breaking his hip. And, uh... Then he gets traded by trader Danny Ainge. Yeah, guess what? That's the basketball gods. That's the karma bus. You're going to cop it. And they did. So that leads us to Brad McGagan. Do the Celtics need to bring back bangers to fix that? Yeah, nah, yes. Aaron Bangers Baines on the Celtics. Right all the wrongs. They will not win an NBA title until they right those wrongs. I'm just saying. Just saying. All right. So there you go. There's a bunch of Yanars for you. Uh, we'll have a whole bunch more for uh, Monday's show. But just wanted to, uh, you know, check a few boxes, the first sort of initial ones. And uh, there's some really good Yanars in there. I loved it. And uh, we'll just make sure that there's no other ones that floating around that I've uh, missed. Just checking, just checking, just checking. Love it. Uh, tell you what. Did the Warriors also win because they finally wore those blue uniforms? Yeah, nah. No, the yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. 
I reckon they looked amazing. All right. Unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Uh, there was a moment in this game. Uh, I agreed with Jeff Van Gundy. It's not a thing that usually happens. Um, but Grant Williams cops one in the face of Kevin Looney. They don't give it a flagrant. And Jeff Van Gundy's like, yeah, what I mean, what is the offensive player meant to do? He's got no space to move. You're in his, you're literally leaning into his space. And if he's pivoting, guess what? You're going to get hit. Talk shit, you get hit. If you're in his space, the offensive player shouldn't be ever allowed to get a flagrant foul, I think. Like, it's on you, the defender, to get the fuck out of the road if you're literally standing nose to nose with me and I'm trying to move the ball. You know? I'm kind of on board with that. You should be able to uh, have a hint of freedom of movement as an offensive player. As well as a defensive player, you should be able to, like, you know, be right up in their shit. But guess what? If you get hit, it's definitely not ever allowed to be a flagrant. I'm just saying. Yeah. Just saying. All right. What about now back take house? It's Friday at Outback, and you know what that means? Oh, yeah, ice-cold 4th one 2GI Air Foster's oil drum cans full of icy-cold Foster's lager. That's right, no prick in Australia drinks this hog shit, but we'll flog it off to you idiot yanks as Australian for beer or some shit, and off you go. That's right, oil drum cans as big as your fucking head, full of icy-cold Foster's lager. And it goes great with a flame grill take, and today's flame grill take is Steph Curry and LeBron James is closer than you think. No, fucking seriously. We're going to turn around after this year is done and say, guess what? You know who actually owned the NBA for that entire period of time? It might have been Steph Curry. Only at Outback. They've got the same amount of rings, just saying. And Steph never fucking cowered his way out of his team to go join another fucking super team like LeBron did. A million times. And now watch. LeBron will go join Cleveland after this season to try to take on Curry and win one more. Only at Outback. Uh, another flame grill take. How about Steve Kerr as a top five coach ever now? Is that flame grilled? I don't think it is. Phil, Pop, Red Auerbach, Pat Riley, Steve Kerr. There's your top five. Easy as you like. All right, let's do a quick Andrew Gay's Grey Mum Reward for outstanding achievement in the field of excellence. It's the first Andrew Gay's Grey Mumba. You little ripper. Steph Curry. It's got to be Steph, the finals MVP. It's the sort of final, uh, you know, string to his bow of an all-time great. And I think this is where we land, right? It's He's top 10. He's got to be... He'll be top 10 at this point. I think, you know, finals MVP, four-time champion, eight-time All-NBA, eight-time All-Star, unanimous MVP, unanimous finals MVP. He's a two-time MVP. He's won the scoring title twice. I mean, seriously, he's the leader of one of the best dynasties in literally the history of the NBA already. He is a remarkable, remarkable player. And I think we kind of think about this now, like he's the all-time leader in threes. And this season, this season alone, 
He was the all-time. He became the all-time leader in threes. He became. He was the All-Star MVP. He was a Western Conference Finals MVP. Finals MVP. He won the title. Steph Curry, all fucking timer. Andrew Gay's grandmum reward winner. So <laughs> you love to see it. And four rings, six finals. Steph, let's do it. Legacy talk, real quick. Change the game forever. Top ten. MJ, LeBron, Kareem, Magic, Larry, Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, Timmy Duncan, Steph, Shaq, Kobe, KD. There's a 12. Oscar at 13, 14, Hakeem. And from 15 through 20, you can go Moses, Dr. J, Havlicek, Jerry West, Dirk, Chuck Barkley, Scotty Pippen, whatever. Either way. I think Steph snuck into the top 10. What do you reckon? Is he ahead of Shaq? Same amount of rings. Stayed with the one team to win them all. Kind of like it. Either way, I think he's ahead of KD. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, And an Andrew Gay's great mumber award for outstanding achievement in the field of excellence is also going to go to Steve Kerr. Might slip under the radar a little bit. Nine rings now for Steve. Nine! Slowly catching up to Phil, who had... uh, what, 13, 2 as a player, 11 as a coach. Um, but I think Steve Kerr, this might sort of just get lost a little bit in the shuffle. I don't know. Uh, I feel like he had a really, really, really good handle eventually on this team. Like, it felt early on in the series, he was really just trying to figure out what lineups worked, who he could play and who he couldn't, uh, how to, you know, maybe not answer some of the questions that Boston were posing, but at least kind of make Boston work that little bit harder to dictate terms. And once he settled on his lineups, Boston couldn't dictate games. He pressed the right buttons, and he did it better than Ime Udoka did. And you saw it today. It's like, oh, well, we better play our three bench guys and see if we can get them going, says Ime Udoka. No, not a great idea. Not in a game six. Yeesh. Uh, But I think Steve Kerr did a great job. That comes with knowing you guys intimately, uh, you know, having coached his entire career with Steph and Clay and Draymond and stuff. But knowing that Gary Payton II is up for the challenge, even after coming back from the busted elbow, it's knowing that Jordan Poole and staying with Jordan Poole, even though they're going to hunt him on defense, you know that he's going to give it to you on the offensive end anyway. And putting Otto Porter in the starting lineup, Kevin Looney under the bench, Steve Kerr did a great fucking job. He's amazing. So there you go, Steph and Steve. Great efforts. Love to see it. All right, really quickly, Patty Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in. Uh, this is just a very brief Jingler Joe Ingles Twitter check-in because Jingles just had the coffee emoji, coffee emoji, coffee emoji this morning, which I loved. Got up, dealing with the kids, obviously. And uh, Jazz Uruguay tweeted out, this reminds me of the greatest graduation quote of all time. Francisco, leave me up. Joe Ingles is the GOAT in his yearbook. You'll have to see it. And Jingles, uh, laughing emoji, laughing emoji, prayer hands emoji. And then today, just before the finals, uh, game six would have happened, coffee emoji, coffee emoji, coffee emoji. Amazing efforts. I love it. Oh, yeah. All right. That's it, basically. Uh, Let's quickly wrap up the picks uh, from the series. Let's do it. Inadvertent Bane. Series wrap on your picks, Jimmy. Thanks, Inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. What are you going to do now, mate? Oh, I'm going to go hit the tins. It's been a long season. 
Uh, we'll talk about that in a second, but yeah, big weekend ahead. Uh, so, obviously, having picked Boston today, we end up 0 of 1. Means we just slip underneath 500 for the playoffs, 44 of 89. Tough one, tough one. I might go back and check my numbers. Uh, <laughs> nah. Um, but what do we have? We had the under, that hit. And uh, so Celtics minus 3.5 didn't, obviously. Uh, Celtics 1-10 to 10 win, didn't hit. But the under hit. Jalen Brown, top point scorer, $5.10. That hit. Points over. That hit. Five threes. That hit. Woo! Al Horford points over. That hit. Tatum over assist. That hit. Uh, the Steph under did not hit. Uh, the clay over did not hit. But on balance, smashed it. Absolutely smashed it. So I think we also had Al two plus threes. Yeah. Good shit. So to be honest, uh, we came out winners today. So... Just to go back over the uh, pre-series picks and bets, here we go. So we had, as I said, Celtics in six was the uh, my initial pick, specifically 4-2, pretty gnarly. Uh, Warriors in six, though, was my next best uh, initially because I'm like, yeah, there's going to be a momentum swing for one of the teams. I thought Boston with their defense would be able to pull that off better. Uh, didn't think that Tatum would just go completely MIA for the series. Finals MVP was already the pick of Steph or Tatum. We also had so the uh, the top four was Steph, Brown, Tatum, and Clay. Uh, Tatum and Steph were the picks. Uh, my favorite, I think, pre-series bet was Steph to drop 40-plus an NBA game and Golden State to win the finals, you little ripper! We won some money there. Uh, highest points per game average, Steph, $2.30. That won. Uh, Kevon Looney, highest rebounds average, didn't win. Uh, Tatum. Highest rebounds average didn't win either. Uh, but the series, Boston 2.5, that hit. Plus 2.5. Love that one. Warriors in 6 specifically, $5.90 uh, for 2. That one hit too. One of my other favorites, Celtics to win game 1. Warriors to win the series, $5.75. Nailed it. Uh, Celtics to win game 1. Boston win series didn't hit, obviously. Tatum to average 25 and Boston to win. Nope. Finals MVP, Tatum... Uh, or Steph, so obviously only one of those hit, and Boston in six didn't, but look, on balance, we came out okay, and you'll take that, so good job, as long as we're in the positive, so there you go, we got through it, what a season, what a finals, and what a year for NBA Australia, Um, look, we're going to keep doing shows next week, we've obviously got the draft, and then we'll head into the off-season. Uh, we'll do the off-season a little bit different this year. I think um, in the past we've sort of had, you know, the weekly show. We'll see how we're going with some interviews and stuff. We might, you know, just sort of spread it out uh, just depending on how much effort. But I also need to take some time off. I think the, uh, yeah, between the Olympics last year, the World Cup the year before, uh, just the sheer amount of shows that we've done, uh, you know, just need to chill the fuck out. So next week we'll do one sort of big finals wrap uh, extravaganza as well. I might get a guest on for that and uh, just talk some shit out. And uh, then we'll get into the draft stuff and some offseason, you know, then free agency and then it'll be the real offseason. So, yeah, I've got a little bit of a holiday plan. Going to go up to far north Queensland, Queensland for a week. Me, the old mate and the squid. That'll be fun. And then the second squid will be uh, arriving at some point in September. So, yeah, it's going to be fucking chaos. <laughs> Either way, uh, it's been an awesome season, an awesome year. I just want to thank literally fucking everybody out there for all the contributions, all the T-shirts that you bought, 
Uh, if you haven't bought a t-shirt, A, what are you doing? B, come on, man. Uh, everybody who sort of gets back to me or oh, just hits me up out of the blue, I fucking love your guts. The fact that people like respond to this just still blows my mind. I love yous all. Um, and for all those in the uh, NBA Australia fantasy comps, all that sort of shit, I fucking love you. So thanks heaps. Couldn't do it, wouldn't do it without you, obviously. Either way, uh, so we'll pop back up next week. We might do a show Monday or Tuesday just to wrap up some of this final stuff. A uh, little bit of a draft preview and then uh, real draft preview shit later in the week. You know that the draft's one of my top three favorite days of the year as well. So, yeah. In the meantime, check out NFL Australia with myself and Gaz, World Wrestling Australia over on YouTube with Adam, uh, nbaaustralia.com slash shop. Get your T-shirts and your hoodies, obviously. Chuck us a rating and review. Come on, man. Five seasons we've done this now. Chuck us a rating review if you haven't already. Uh, knowable, download that. Bang in the code Strayer. Get 20% off. Big thanks always go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. They're the best. I love them. Big thanks go to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green 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 and Dozers for all the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all in Bandcamp. Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, whatever. NBA Australia has always supported Australian bands. So should you. All right. And that's it. The Golden State Warriors are your 2022 NBA champions. What a world. What a fucking delight. As I said, my dumb brain just operates in big chunks of time. So if I can now go 2015 to 2022, cool. That's when Golden State were winning all those titles. I'm pretty happy with that. So, Pretty neat. And uh, with heaps of love and everything to uh, all these out there. Love it. All right. Have a good weekend, you dickheads. Talk to you uh, next week. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves. And... Later, Hosen. Cooking with Bainsy is filmed in front of a live studio audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Bainsy with your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, g'day. Oh, g'day. Oh, look at yourself. Yes, g'day, Cheryl. I always see you down the front. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, come on. Set. Yeah, settle down. Thanks very much. Yes. Welcome to Cooking with Bainesy. I'm your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. And uh, look, on this here episode, we are going to whip up one of my all-time absolute Aussie favorites. It's going to blow your mind. You can have it whenever it's an absolute bloody treat. It is the classic party pie. Yeah, that's right. We're going to cook up some party pies for you on this episode of Cooking with Bainsy. Now, I love me some party pies. They're easy as, mate. Definitely helps keep up this physique, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I reckon I probably put away about 40 of these buggers per week. Hey, easy, easy, easy. All right, so, so, so. All right, you ready? So it's bloody simple, mate. Yes, all you got to do is go down to your local soupy and just grab a box of party pies of whatever takes your fancy. Because look, now, I like the round ones and you can get a pack of 24 of patties, but I do also like the 4 and 20 party pies, which come in those rectangles. They're a bit easier to eat because you can just grab the end and you're not going to burn your tongue. So whatever you prefer, just don't fuck around with the party packs. The sausage rolls are absolutely bloody rubbish. So, now, it's bloody simple. 
Just uh, preheat your oven to 250 degrees or as hot as you bloody well want. Dump all 24 of your party pies. Don't screw around and only do 12 or half of them or whatever. Put all 24 out there because you're going to eat all of them. Trust me, you're going to eat all of them. When she's all heated up, your oven, put your tray in there. Just, I don't know, look at the back of the package. See that it says 30 minutes. Now, go crack a tin. Sit back. Hang out. Once they're done, grab them out. Load them up with a bit of tomato sauce. And Bob's your bloody uncle. That is awesome, isn't it? Just look at it now. Look, 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 look. This is very important. Give them a second to cool down. You probably have to only bite like the edge of one of them to open it up to, just to see how hot it is. Because otherwise, you'll burn your bloody tongue because the insides of these buggers are like bloody molten lava, eh? So grab yourself another tin. Uh, wait for them to cool down just a little bit so they're not bloody molten lava. Then get your bloody munch on. Oh, oh there you go. Look, oh, oh, look at this one. That's an absolute bloody ripper. The best bit is these are as good as anything for any occasion. You got mates coming around? Party pies. Misses with some of her mates? Party pies. Kids' birthday? Party pies. Getting home shit-faced after a night out on the turps? Party pies. Easy. They're just bloody delicious, mate. All right, look, I'm just going to munch in this. I'll probably cook up enough of them for all of you. Look at this. Here we go. Oh, how easy is that? Love it. All right, so get into the party pies. And that's it for this week. How easy. All right, tune in next week for a new recipe. And we'll see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Bainesy.